Do you have some great people that work on your team? Now is the time to figure out how to lead them more effectively. And we have a free resource out there to help you understand just that. It's the four principles that great leaders use to build more loyalty on their team. You can get this resource at theemployerblueprint.com forward slash great leaders. And it's absolutely free. And it's just a great, great way to help you understand the principles that are used Four simple principles to help you become a more effective leader and leading these amazing people around you. Again, you can check this out at theemployerblueprint.com forward slash great leaders. Welcome to the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. We're going to bring you another two-part series. Uh, this week, we come from the brilliant Liz Kislick, and uh, it's just a brilliant mind around leadership uh, and an expert in the space of developing strong leaders and the impact that actually has in our workplace. So uh, this week, in the first part of this series, uh, Liz and I are going to talk about building strong leaders and how what we can do is identify challenges and areas that need improvement within the organization and how we can develop the leaders around the organization to actually solve those problems. Uh, such a, such just an incredible and powerful message. And then make sure you subscribe so that you uh, can get the message next week when we talk about conflict in the workplace and uh, the impact that has in the workplace, but how we as leaders have such a tremendous impact on that conflict and things that we can do to avoid the conflict and help remedy that. So this week, we're coming to you specifically to talk about developing strong leaders in the organization. And the next week, we're going to dive into the conflict side of the organization. So two great messages. Uh, really, really pleased to be able to bring this information to you. Be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any content that we get out there for you. And uh, also, if you have any questions or any topics or any guests that you would like to hear from, please uh, reach out to us and you can do that at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Well, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. And I'm very excited to bring this week's guest, Liz Kislick, uh, who's an expert in creating high-performing teams, high-performing leaders, um, and also has, has an incredible TEDx talk about conflict in the workplace. So um, I, I really am looking forward to bringing so much of this home. We've all experienced these things. And of course, on this show, you hear us talk about high-performing teams quite a bit. And so being able to talk to uh, one of the leading experts uh, in that space is very exciting for us. So Liz, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming on. And, and as we dive in here, why don't you walk us through, um, why don't you walk us through your history and experience? Kind of tell us about your career journey. Sure, Kyle. I'm happy to be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out... Uh, after college, working for a small marketing agency. Mm-hmm. And it was there that I learned loads about marketing, but even more about management. Mm-hmm. Because I worked for them a couple, of sub- a couple of summers before I graduated. And small business being what it is, any willing, intelligent person gets thrown into many different roles, often that they have no concrete preparation for, and you you dog paddle your way through. 
So um, that was really my track record. Mm -hmm. When I started after college, I was supposed to be, excuse me, a sort of junior account executive. Mm -hmm. But the woman who was responsible for what was called the statistical and tabulation department was out on maternity leave. So all of a sudden I was responsible for two dozen women who were older than I was, knew their jobs, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And from that point forward, roughly every six months I was promoted Mm -hmm. because I was already doing part of whatever the next job was. You know, you look for a hole and you fill the hole and you hope somebody recognizes you. Yeah. And that worked for me quite well. I um, managed a 300 person call center when I was 23. Mm. Um, And by the time I was, I want to say 29, I was executive vice president But that was as part of a whole sad story of the owner dying, Mm. the widow bringing in somebody else as president. Um, The firm started going in a direction that I did not care for. It was a much more commoditized kind of marketing. Yeah. And so I left. But because I was well known in the industry at that time, in under a week, other consultants had subcontracted work to me, mm-hmm. and it's been over 30 years, and I've never stopped. Still going. Yeah. What an incredible journey. It, it's so interesting, the the parallels. I actually uh, kind of started my professional career um, overseeing a call center and went through some same things. A company I was with uh, ended up, uh, they were acquired, and through that acquisition, we also became much more uh, less custom and client-centric yep. and more focused on, here's our box, you can take it or leave it, and that's whenever I yeah, left. Grind it's, it out. Yeah, right. it's, it's, it's funny, the parallels there. Um, well, and so one of the things you mentioned there that I want us to dive into is, you know, you talked about you came into this marketing company and you learned a little bit about marketing, but a whole lot about management. And here's here's why I think that this is important, because one of the things that I talk about frequently is that I think it's important for people to understand that leadership in itself is a skill. It is a craft. So just as we would go out and we would learn marketing because we're in the marketing industry, when we step into this leadership role, we have to learn about leadership. We have to learn what it is to manage. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, very few times are people taught those skills whenever they're thrown into the need to actually go in and do it. Um, right. and, and it's unfortunate for everybody because obviously it's unfortunate for you as an individual that's been put in this position that you're not equipped for, but it's even more unfortunate for the people that are reporting to you that now are really set up to fail because they don't have someone guiding them in the right direction. So, so let's talk about that for just a second, Liz. You know, what was it? A lot of people would sit in the exact same situation that you were in and learn a little bit about marketing, but not learn the management side. They would just keep getting thrown in. So what do you think it was about your experience that helped you see this is bigger than just marketing? This is There are skills that I need to learn and acquire here about leading these people around me. Um, you know what I would answer to that? I'm a very curious person. Mm-hmm. I like to know not just what, but why. Yeah. And um, 
I guess the second summer I was there, I can't remember, or very early on, I was responsible for a small team in the call center that was testing some program. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed was they just wouldn't start work at nine Mm o'clock. That's when they'd go get their coffee and they'd go, this is long ago. So they would go sharpen their pencils and, you know, they wouldn't really settle down to work until 915. Now I was always in early Mm -hmm. getting ready, ready, let's go. And I wasn't seeing that same kind of let's go. So I (laughs) thought, how can I speed this up? Yeah. So I'm going to give you the answer, but I just want to highlight for your listeners the questions that come into your mind, don't let them just fly out. Actually mm. look at those questions. Your own instinctive questions can be so valuable. Okay, so how could I speed this up? How could I get them to work earlier? I was not about to serve everybody coffee. Yeah. That was not a good plan. But I could sharpen their pencils. Mm. And I made sure that everybody had two very, very pointy pencils. They felt like I was ready for them, acknowledging them, doing a service for them. Yeah, yeah. So looking at what's happening, letting it bother you, Mm -hmm. not getting stuck in being bothered, Mm -hmm. thinking, what could I actually do about this? Yeah. And looking for a way to be of service that acknowledges the people who work for you. Mm-hmm. All of that, you put it together, it works. Yeah, yeah. What a great example. And, uh, you know, I was thinking that as, as you were talking through that, I'm kind of making my notes here that sharpening the pencils became servant leadership. So whereas, whereas, whereas in your mind, what you're doing is solving a problem and helping them be more effective and efficient in their job, more productive, in their mind, you're helping serve them, which creates more loyalty and kind of a bond and appreciation for what you're doing uh, as their manager and as their leaders. What, and, and it really is, I agree with that wholeheartedly, it really is amazing the way that those two things can actually run parallel, that that servant leadership can actually make the team more effective and more productive uh, if we do it right. Yes, but that's exactly the thing, Kyle, if we do it right, because if I slammed down pencils in front of them every morning saying, here are your pencils, now get to work, (laughs) it would completely negate the value of the pencils. Right, right. So not only were the pencils there, but I greeted everybody. I was happy to see them, so they were happy to see me. Right. You need the whole virtuous spiral. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. You you can't do the right act right in the wrong tone. That's right. And have it taken the right yeah. way. That's perfect. I, I love that example and I'm gonna use that. The 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 illustration that I often give um is that you know, we think about coming in and, and uh, I use the water cooler as the example. You know, we walk in and, and as the boss, we, we walk by and there's four or five people standing at the water cooler, but we could walk by and roll our eyes and head into the office, um, at which case now we're just the jerk boss that doesn't want anybody to have any fun. Or we could go over there and carry on a conversation, build a relationship with the people. And maybe instead of them sitting there for 10 minutes, 
they stand there for three or four minutes because then I say, well, hey guys, this has been fun. Good catching up on the weekend. I've got to get back. I've got a couple things I need to get working on. And what are they obvious? That's what they're going to do too. Like it's time to disperse. The boss is going back to work. And right. so it, it, it really is amazing just the little things that we can do that may seem counterproductive, but that actually can be incredibly beneficial to the team around us. And actually, and, and to your point, doing it for the right reasons and in the right way that it's not just simply I provided you the pencils, but it's me showing you I care, I appreciate you, thanks for being in today, anything else you need. Um, it really kind of takes that to the next level. So, you know, obviously your your strength and your goal and, and the service that you're out there providing is develop strong leaders. And, um, and, and again, I'll tell you what I love about this is so often whenever people talk about productivity and efficiency and building better companies, it's here's how to get the people on the front lines to do their jobs better. And I love that you've reverse engineered this because I agree with that. You've got to start with the leadership. And if you can start by building stronger leaders, that is going to, that, that will disperse to the people that maybe are actually getting some of the day-to-day production done. So what are some of the steps or the early stages that you look at in helping develop a strong leader? And maybe the better question, Liz, is like, let's just define that. What does a strong leader even mean? What, if, some, if I'm listening to this, how do I know if I'm a strong leader or not? So the funny thing, Kyle, is anybody who would say, oh, I check off the boxes, I'm a strong leader, <laughs> is probably looking at the wrong boxes. Right. right. Um, you, you can't get there that way because if you are so confident that you are strong, mm-hmm. there's probably something hollow in it. Mm-hmm. You're missing something because uh, you're never done. Right. You never learn enough. Part of why running that 300-person call center was the worst job I ever had Mm -hmm. is because you can't ever make everybody happy or comfortable or productive or have it go well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of mess that goes on with us and with our fellow human beings. So um, you'll, you'll hear me say this and you'll know it comes right out of the rest of my nature. But I think one of the first things to think about when you are assessing how you are leading or when you are trying to up your game Mm -hmm. is to question whether you are attentive enough. Mm. Are you paying attention to what is happening? Actually observing what is happening, not just looking for the thing you need to happen. It goes back to your water cooler example. It's not just noting oh, these people are not at their desks. I ought to tell them to go back at their desks. It's noting, oh, they need to be together for a few minutes and have a pleasant time with each other. Yes, that's part of how we build the team. Yes, there's a little relief in the day, whatever it is. But scan the environment constantly. Know what's happening in it and look at it for what's good about it. Mm-hmm. Not just what's bad about it, because in most cases, it is easier to magnify a good thing right. than it is to get rid of a bad thing. So build your upside, and that gives you some cushion for dealing with the downside. Ah, great. That's, that's excellent advice. I love that. I've never thought about it like that, but I really love that idea. It's easier to magnify the good side. That's, uh, that's brilliant knowledge right there. That's excellent. 
Um, so, uh, you know, when you when you go in with this message, you're working with a client, helping them understand that if we can build strong leaders, um, then we're going to get better results. We're going to get the results we're looking for. Uh, how do you help? How do you help companies understand the need to focus at that higher level on that leadership level, as opposed to coming in and saying, I have a process that we're going to implement, let's say a call center, you know, I've got this new amazing process, we're going to implement these, uh, these key performance indicators in your call center to make these things effective and make you better. How do you kind of sell that idea that now we're, we're going to start with you, we're going to start with the leaders of the organization, we're going to make you better. And by making you better, you're going to look back a year from now and say, this is exactly the move we needed to make. So I don't always say we're going to make you better. Okay. <laughs> uh, because you have to go to where they are. Yeah. Wherever that is. Some people who call me, they say, I know I need to get better then it's very easy. Yeah, yeah. But I would say the majority of people who contact me, contact me saying, there's a problem, here's what the Mm. problem is. And it's not so often that they see the problem as being the result of something they are doing. Right, there's a blind spot. They see it as out there. Mm -hmm. And they're not wrong. There is a problem out there. I call that being accurate, but incomplete. Yeah. They're not always recognizing their role. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to go with them where they are and to say, well, let's look at this problem. Right. And then I can be modeling, describing how I'm looking at the problem. Right. Right. And yeah. one of the first things I do is, After I hear them out, I want to go talk to other people. Mm -hmm. I want to learn from people who are holding the problem, working with the problem. What do they see? How does it affect them? What could be better from their perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's wonderful. Um, I, I really, I can really appreciate that, that, you know, as you say, oftentimes, whenever you walk into a business and you're providing this coaching for them, um, it's, I, I, I like that, that concept of let's identify what the problems are. You tell me as the leader, what problems you're seeing, I can help you understand, well, have you tried this? This is something we might try, you know, to help get us there. And really what you're doing is you're developing them, but you're developing them in a way that they're just still focused on this problem and, um, and, uh, and helping them kind of excel in their own role, which is, which is tremendous. Do you have, um, and I, and I guess I'm asking, this is a little bit, uh, off topic a little bit, but, I don't have an answer for it. And I, I kind of get asked quite a bit and I've, I've tried to think through, but, you know, going back to something we talked about earlier, it's a real pet peeve of mine that we don't teach more management skills. Um, and, and even people that get into these management roles in companies, you know, they will send them to conferences to learn about the industry and we'll, we'll invest in them, making sure that they know the latest trends and they get certifications and licenses and all of these things. But, um, we rarely invest in the leadership skills of the people that are leading our companies or leading the teams within our companies. And when we do, it's, we'll read this book or, you know, uh, go to this, you know, one day leadership conference, and then you should be able to bring back enough that you're going to excel. Um, do you have a solution for this? You know, what do we do to help 
help companies and help people understand that we've got to develop our leaders better instead of right. just saying, well, you're a good uh, practitioner in this role. Let's make you a leader in this role. Um, but we've actually got to develop this skill in people. Okay. So let's actually define that problem a little differently mm -hmm. because what you're talking about is kind of the blind leading the blind. Right. Because a person who would say, here, read this book and then you'll be a leader. <laughs> or yeah. here, sit in this conference room and then they will stamp leader on your head and right. you will be leaderly forever. Yeah. They're coming from a belief set that assumes either that the way they learn to lead that way is okay, right. or you know they don't have the context mm -hmm. to know that it doesn't work, or it's all they can think of to do. Yeah, because the real problem is that truly leading is very, very hard work, and we don't see enough of it. Right. If you think of who are your early leaders, they're your parents. Mm -hmm. Older siblings, if you have them, your teachers, and other kids in school. Right. So the other kids and your siblings, they sure only have their instincts to go on. Right. And you have to be very lucky to be born to leaderly parents, mm -hmm. as opposed to parents who are figuring it out. I mean, yeah, who of us have leaderly right, parents? Right. Yeah, exactly. We're all trying to okay. flounder through it. <laughs> yeah, and no ding on them. Yeah. It's the human condition. Right. And so we grow up, whether it's from media or from what we see, thinking that what leaders do is be in charge. <laughs> right. Right? It's not helping people be their best to accomplish the things that are in front of them. Mm -hmm. It is to be in charge. It is, mm -hmm. you know, I'm even taking this tone that sounds heavy and official and that I get to dictate and command. Right. And in most of life, dictating and command, if you can back it up with formal authority, will get you part of the way. Mm -hmm. You do sometimes get allowed to order other people around right. and some of them will follow you, mm -hmm. but many of them will quit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe worse, act out on the job. Yeah. So I want to actually suggest that before we teach leadership, we teach emotional intelligence. Mm. Very good. Because the two big components of that that I think are so crucial for leadership are self-awareness and self-regulation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you're actually doing, how you actually behave, how other people respond to you, what it is you do that drives people up the wall, mm -hmm. what it is you do that helps them do better? So are you really paying attention to your own responses and where you feel strong and where you feel out of control? Right. Because without doing that, it is very hard to do a better job of self-regulating. Mm -hmm. Of deciding things like, oh, I guess when I yell, it really doesn't work so well, and I don't feel so good either. Let me try something else. Right. Or, you know, uh, any of those things that seem so obvious to somebody who's standing outside and watching. Yeah. But it's not necessarily obvious to the person going through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Well, and that's so that's a great transition into this next piece that I want to talk about. I know you've got some great experience and research around conflict in the workplace. And that's where we're going to leave you this week. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss the next episode when we dive into conflict in the workplace. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit KyleGorman.com. And until next time, make it a great day. Today's episode was produced by Just You Marketing for all of your podcast needs. Just You Marketing has you covered. Be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave today and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you and you could reach us at podcast at employerblueprint.com.